catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Welcome to Tony's Tech Side. I live stream on africatechradio.com every weekday from 9 a.m. West African time till midday. Wherever you're listening from, like, comment, and share. We'll learn a tech word today first, and then we would share the most important and juiciest tech stories impacting the continent. And then I would look at history and find something that's really amazing that can actually prop you and that can inspire you to look into the future and find things that you can, you know, make do with, you know, change your future. You can share your stories with the rest of us on WhatsApp. Text or send a voice note 0913 is the number. You can add plus 234 if you're texting from outside Nigeria. Our tech word for today is generative AI, more like a tech phrase for the day. Yep, generative AI. A lot of people do not know that the chat GPT they've been using or the BARD, BARD is Google's BARD BARD or any other tool they've been using to generate crazy AI pictures and images which they've you know used on their as their profile picture across their social media platforms, you know, their DP display pictures. And I even heard yesterday someone saying that he got scammed when someone from Nigeria, he's like in Canada, someone from Nigeria texted him you know, and then sent him pictures of his mother, his father, his brother, his sister. And when I looked at them, they were all gen- like they were all generated. They were all AI based pictures. Like I could tell from like five hundred yards away that this is AI, but he couldn't tell. I don't know, like you've never seen an African before, because come on, those ones are too just too smooth. Come on. But then he thought that I saw the picture and it was a trending picture of someone um, like a father or a mother or an old man or an old woman, you know those kings and princes of Africa. He tell you to generate a picture of a king, a 19th century king or an 80 year old African. That's what it's going to do to you. So you need to learn. So what is generative AI? Generative AI is anything that enables you to quickly generate any new content, any new thing based on what you put into the platform and this can be text so your chat gpt when you put in text it will generate new as you want right based on your wants and your needs so if you want to you know give me uh, write my intro for me like i've did i've done here on the show do my intro you know to a tech show it does an intro and you can say, oh, I don't like this intro. Give me another option. And he does redo. He keeps redoing it until he gets tired. <laughs> so, and it can be images just like the guy who got deceived or got scammed of, I think, $75, $75 or £75. Pounds, can't remember. Um, that's about 70000 Nigerian era or $750, $750, I think. Um, you just generated the images, put in the things, you know, black, skin color, tone, chocolate, this, that, eyes, you know, just put in all of those features and you get images as you want. And sounds, you can generate new sounds for you. There are people who have done AI music, right? This one that's like Drake, sounds like a, in fact, a Drake album <laughs> that has no impute of Drake himself. Yes, you can do that. And animation, 3D models, any other type of data all you need to do is impute and decide what the output would look like and these models 
these models would help recreate or generate this new content. That's what they call it generative AI. Most of the AI you see um, that gives you something, an image, you know, a text, a sound, a video, it's usually generative AI. Ah, yes, I hope you learned that today. So when next you see a chat GPT, you know that, you know, the, the models that make it possible for it to produce what it gives you is generative AI. Now, let's look at the 1st of November in 1954. The Industrial Development Engineering Associates Company began selling the Regency TR1 and it was the world's first commercial transistor radio. Yes, for all those whose fathers and uncles and brothers had anything close to transistor radio, you will understand what I mean. If they bring it now, a lot of people would actually buy it for like a very, very costly amount. But yes, it's was designed and developed by in texas by texas instruments and then they partnered with idea idea to design and manufacture the completed radio it sold over a hundred thousand units that's this first one and then it's kind of like ushered the commercial transistor radio industry and on the 4th of november 1952 as part of a publicity stunt to help boost sales remington Rand collaborated with cbs to have its univac computer predict the results of the 1952 u.s presidential election between dwight eisenhower and adl stevenson live on air well we know who won that one and because the pre-election polls had the election very close, the publicity surrounding a computer predicting the winner generated a lot of popular interest. And Univac correctly predicted a landslide victory by Eisenhower early in the evening after only 3 million votes had been returned and entered into the system. However, because it was so different than the expected result, the decision was made to hold back the computerized prediction. It appears that both Remington Rand and CBS feared the computer was incorrect, so they didn't want to take the risk. It was only late in the broadcast when continuing returns seemed to indicate the Univac was in fact correct that the CBS announced the last landslide prediction from the computer and the fact that he had done so hours earlier and the Univac come um, you know had come within 3.5% of the popular vote with within four electoral votes and predicted 100 to 1 odds of the Eisenhower victory now this publicity stunt worked as Univac you know, became quite famous and for a while people started calling computers all computers Univacs it was also featured on the cover of a superman comic book and in a looney tunes cartoon now I know where that came from, Looney Tunes. On 5th of November 2007, Google introduced the Android platform. It was the mobile operating system for cell phones based on a modified version of the Linux operating system. So you know where the Android came from, Linux, exactly. Um, the first Android-based phone would you know, later on be shipped in September of 2008. That's almost a year after. So, yes, I hope you can get inspired by these great things that have been done by these persons, these things we remember in history, and that it can prop you to make choices that are better. Um, and then when you listen to what happened in the past and you see what's happened presently, you can somewhat, like the Univac, predict what the future or what few what the things in the future should you know could look like should look like and sometimes some some people would say that there is really no prediction we invent the future don't say i didn't tell you 
starting up with the most impactful stories, we hear that the African Export Import Bank, the AFRAXIM, in the United States of America signed a term sheet for a 40 million US dollar pre-export facility. And that went in favor of John Vance Industries Limited. So the term sheet provides for the facility to be used to finance commodities that had been received into approved warehouses or storage sites to be processed into finished products for the export market. And it also provides that the facility, which is an uncommitted revolving pre-export facility, could be availed to finance commodities in transit to the warehouse with such financing supported by a standby letter of credit or guarantee posted by Fidelity Bank of Nigeria. And this is part of activities organized to mark the Fidelity um, International Trade and Creative Connect hosted by Fidelity Bank uh, to promote Nigeria's value-added exports in the global market. If you don't know what um, the AFREXIM is, it's a Pan-African multilateral financial institution that is supposed to finance and promote intra- and extra-African trade. And they've been deploying a lot of innovative structures over the years. They're a big supporter of the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement, the AFCFTA. And they also launched the Pan-African Payments and Settlement System, the PAPS, that was adopted by the AU, the Africa Union, as the payment and settlement platform that would be the foundation underpinning the implementation of the AFCFTA. In the same vein... Uh, the British International Investments, that's the United Kingdom's development finance institution and impact investor, announced a 26.5 million US dollar commitment to AFEX. AFEX is uh, Africa's leading commodities platform and they currently operate in about 200 warehouses in Nigeria, Kenya, Uganda, and they serve over 450,000 farmers. Now, what is this investment supposed to do? It's supposed to support structural improvements in the agri industry in Africa <clears throat> and benefit smallholder farmers. How will it do this? Now, this means that the investment, 26.5 million US dollars, will be used to build 20 modern warehouses in strategic locations in Nigeria, Kenya, and Uganda. And the capital will also scale warehouse technology and the next-generation software that captures post-harvesting pricing and something called smart storage. Yes, so smart storage solutions will also be you know, the thing that this finance, this investment will also be financing because this has the potential to preserve the lifespan of harvested crops and increase the volume of foods available. So instead of having post-harvest losses, you know, hitting the roofs and being so, so enormous and big, it would, if we can provide for smart storage solutions in terms of warehouses, that can be built and that can be strategically located in these countries and used to ensure that we don't have post-harvest losses or reduce significantly post-harvest losses. Thereby, we're creating food security for a lot of people and we're also ensuring that the prices of these things, you know, the, the farmers don't lose and smallholder farmers can benefit from this. There will also be additional warehouses that would provide 230,000 metric tons of storage capacity and give 200,000 more farmers access to low-cost storage and maximize sales from crop harvest and then this would help increase farmer income by more than 200 percent you know smallholder farmers will be able to achieve if and it's really really important that you know this helps them to stay in operation produce more produce uh, much more regularly 
ensure that the quality of crops also for local consumption is really um you know there one of the places that has been already identified is Ibadan. Ibadan is the third largest city by population in Nigeria. And this investment is supposed to bring about a soya bean processing plant in Ibadan. Oh my word. Oh, I love soya bean. That's why I you know, had to do that. So looking at agriculture on the continent, Nigeria, Kenya, and Uganda account for a quarter of GDP. Agriculture accounts for a quarter of the GDP in these three countries I've mentioned. Nigeria, Kenya, and Uganda. And 70% of their population gets employed also by agriculture. 80% of these you know, people that are employed are smallholder farmers and subsistence farmers. And there's a very, very big, you know, you know, difficulty in terms of the financial outlook due to the macroeconomic uncertainty, just limited market access, you know, poor reliability from sales. You know, when you actually harvest, how much are you being priced? Are you being priced properly? Or do people say that, oh, you have like a lot of that and they know that if they keep it with you or if you don't buy now, you're going to lose it because these goods are perish- perishable. You know, they will price you as little as whatever because you have abundance, like abundantly, this particular produce. But if you have a smart storage, you know, system, you know, a play a warehouse where you can keep these things and keep bringing them out little by little, then you can get, you can recoup the money you use in, you know, and the efforts you put into getting these crops out. It just, it's just a, a, a very, it solves a very, very important, you know, problem for smallholder farmers, especially. And I want to see this spread at strategic positions, right? So it's either closer to the farmer or it's closer to those who the you know those who would actually be consuming it. it's closer to the consumers me you know me in the city um so that when they just bring them to the city they know that yes they keep it in the storage at every point in time the consumers have access to it the smallholder farmers do not need to keep coming you know to the city they just you know when it gets sold they get their own money or they even get paid ahead of time and they can move on with their lives so they don't have to bother with it this speaks to the sdg2 which is on zero hunger the sdg8 which is on decent work and economic growth especially for the farmers the smallholder farmers and also to sdg12 which is on responsible consumption and production i so like this and i really am happy with the moves that were them that were making now and the strategic partnerships that were you know sealing it's it's encouraging it's motivating and it's more like shining lights that would help those of us you know who are on the receiving end to say okay you know what if these things are happening on, on this end we can also you know foster these kind of strategic partnerships in our own little ways very important while the whole world may be dancing to different you know dance routines originating from south africa a lot is wrong in south africa that needs to be fixed and you know no jokes one of the major things that has rocked the country in a while is the unemployment rates about the highest in the world 2023 stats and also the amount of 
you know losses and the amount yes the amount of losses due to electricity generation we've had a lot of load shedding and electricity cuts in south africa in fact escom the power generation company recorded losses worth 24 billion rands for the 2022-2023 financial year according to its financial statements it's about 1.2 billion dollars just to put it in proper perspective if you're looking at the you know us dollars using that as a gauge this represents double of what escom lost in 2021-2022 and that's what's about 11 billion yes in 2021-2022 financial year and the reason for this loss is the decreasing generation capacity that escom has this is the major reason now one of the things that caused this is because most of its systems most of its and most of its power generating uh, not come not engines now uh, resources right are either weak and need to be changed or they are faulty and they haven't been given proper attention and south africans have experienced some of the worst load shedding on record you know power outages can last up to 12 hours per day at some stages and aside the low electricity capacity the acting ceo of of escom kalib kasim says that the financial loss could also be blamed on increased debt, municipal debts, people are owing ESCOM, and also criminal activity. People are stealing things that help ESCOM to produce, you know, the electricity needed by South Africa. Despite these losses, you know, Kasim kind of like has like this positive outlook on things. He feels that this is the last time it's going to happen. The last time we're going to record such losses, you know, for the ESCOM group. And he has rolled up his sleeves and he says the time for excuses are over. He's banking on the government's proposed 66 billion rands. That's the 1.6 billion US dollar bailout fund to stabilize the group in the 2025 financial year. And though a lot of people are not sure how the kind of miracle he wants to perform because there are widespread news of corruption internally the fact that corruption because most of the systems are supposed to have been taken care of either repaired because they are faulty or totally changed get new ones most of those things haven't been done for years and it's going to take a whole lot and there's still corruption internally who says that if we put out this bailout fund you know the system won't still gulp it you know the same way it did the last time and we're still going to have those kind of issues well this december and this might just be one of the ways i think that they want to go about it escom if you're in the city of Joburg and you owe ESCOM, you'll be celebrating your Christmas in darkness. Yes, because, you know, ESCOM needs its money back. You know, municipals, you know, communities, people, if you owe ESCOM, pay them. We're not sure exactly how you know, this will play out, if this is going to really work for ESCOM, if this plan to keep people in darkness through the December or Christmas period will motivate them, force them to pay up their debts so that ESCOM can at least start you know, putting the money, recouping the money, the debts it's, you know, that's been owed it and putting it into the generation of electricity so that the sorry story of the electricity situation currently in South Africa can become a thing of the past. Now, we'll move swiftly to Kenya where Safaricom has increased the 5G coverage to 
about 35 counties in some select towns in Kenya. Safaricom will continue to increase its 5G coverage of the country. And the new counties where 5G is now present in some select towns include Bomet, Busia, Isiolo, Kitui, Mandera, Migori, Tharaka, Nitui, Trans, Nzola, Homa Bay, West Pokot, Embu, Kirinyaga, Muranga, and Turkana. At the same time, in order to make it a little bit juicy, to get people to jump on it, Safaricom has also slashed the price of the 5G Wi-Fi routers with cash customers set to enjoy 60% price reduction if you're getting the router. And they've also increased the 5G Wi-Fi volume for home customer packages that offer 400 gigabytes um, gigabytes for 3,000 plus shillings, Kenyan shillings. This would help people, motivate people to jump on the 5G bandwagon and give motivation to Safaricom to actually expand that coverage to much more counties and much more cities. There's also something they've done in partnership with Huawei and it's the three 5G experience centers in Nairobi. These centers are located in Safaricom's village markets, the hub and the Buruburu um, shops. What they're doing is they have virtual reality gaming zones where you can see the smart capabilities for homes and for enterprises and speed testing booths. So just go in and see, you know, what 5G can do. (laughs) limitless possibilities i must say that's the world we live in now yeah we're shifting based in nigeria now where there has been a rumor that has been spreading for a while that the central bank of nigeria would be redenominating the naira what does it mean to redenominate a currency when you redenominate a currency yeah redenominate you remove a zero from it and it kind of like crashes the value reduces the value of uh, the currency the buying power what it can buy so it's like taking out is you know a, a, a particular value from it right and letting it you know the value reduce and or fall so it means what it would be against other things would be less valuable kind of Right, it will still be like it will still have value, but it will be less valuable than it was before it you know becomes redenominated, and then later on it will now gain the value again, right, and even surpass the value it was you know it had before. But this is not the case. The Central Bank of Nigeria's uh, CBN's Director of Corporate Communications, Isa Abdulmumin, has said that we are not redenominating the naira. Please let's not. This is misleading information. Anywhere you hear it in 2023, September, August, October, this is November, we're not redenominating. According to what, you know, the rumor that has been going around, you know, the redenomination of the Naira will, be, will take place in January 2024. And they have said this is really wrong. We do not plan to. We want to emphasize that the contents of this message or the message has been seen are misleading. And it's from, it's a, a text taken from an old policy initiative and this is like way back in 2007 and you're just seeing it now you know as something that wants to happen now and please it's you know it's not what uh, we plan to do anytime soon now that being said something else that's really important that you need to know if you're in nigeria is a nigerian meteorological agency nimet raising the alarm over the approaching dust haze and poor visibility in some northern states of nigeria and if warned Airline operators to take precautions, take caution in your operation, ensure you adhere to strict weather reports that have been provided by NIMET.
the Nigeria Meteorological Agency, yeah, and ensure also for people who would be moving around and people who have you know certain conditions, ensure that you protect yourself if you're going to use a nose mask, you know, you know, sunglasses, eyeglasses. If you have respiratory ailments, please ensure that you check the weather report by NIMET and protect yourself from the current weather condition. It's not really good for anyone's health. We most likely have, you know, dust particles trapped in the air. And as you're walking, you're breathing it in, you're coming in contact with it. So please prepare for these things if you are in Nigeria. Something that's also really important that you need to prepare for is based on the announcement by the federal government of Nigeria saying that it will be closing two ramps of the third mainland bridge for repairs with effect from Monday, November 6, 2023. And this is coming barely three days after the Minister of Work, the Minister of Works, Dave Umahi, announced that the bridge will be closed on the 1st of November for a period of three months. We're not sure why this, you know, sudden change, you know, came came about. But in a statement signed by the Federal Control of Works, you know, she noted that the repair works will begin on the ramps that are connecting Oronshoki to Adekunle and Lagos Island. That's the Adenishi Adeli part to Adekunle and it's going to happen simultaneously. And they will be closed to traffic from 7 a.m. on Monday, November 6th and it will be effective for five weeks. If you're coming from the Lagos Island and you're heading to Ibute Meta, you'll be diverted to Ilubiri to connect the Carter Bridge or the Idumota Bridge to link Idu inwards Otto Oingo Axis and then access Herbert Macaulay to link, you know, whatever, wherever you want to go to from there. And if you're coming from Victoria Island and you'd go through Bonicam to Onikon Marina Bridge to Akwagbon to Eco Bridge, Costain to Apapa Road, Railway Compound to Alagomeji, Glover Road, you know, to Apeno Junction, Herbert Macaulay Way, and then, you know, you find your way. And then also, from motorways, you'll be diverted to Ikoroduro, that's Ojota, Antonio, Nikpanu, Fadei, that axis, and Jibo, you know, to access Herbert Macaulay Way, and you can continue your journey. And if you're coming from Bagada, you can go through Antony Interchange to link Ikorudu Road inwards Jibo to access Herbert Macaulay Way. And then you can find your way from there. If you're coming from Apapa Osho, the expressway, and you wish to link Ebute Meta, you're advised to link Osho, the bridge to town planning, you know, town planning way to Ikorudu Road. And then you can find your way from there. And they have promised adequate traffic and security personnel that will be deployed to these construction zones and the alternative routes that I have just talked about now that you can take. And, you know, please cooperate with the government, both the Lagos states and the federal government of Nigeria. Exercise patience. Suru Leri. That's, you know, that's why they call that place. You know, Suru Leri. Let's actually leave the name. And then, please, whatever safety measures, you know, that you're asked to take, you know, to do, you know, on the go, please undergo them um, wherever you're being directed to by those who are you're supposed to listen to, those who work on the road. Please, please, the traffic agencies, listen to them, traffic agents, listen to them so that by the time we're done with this, you know, the road is way better and everyone, literally everyone can enjoy the dividends, <laughs> some of the dividends of what we're supposed to enjoy. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.